0: This is Dr. Sean Canone, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we're going to continue our series in end of life issues by discussing advanced illness management. Now, you may or may not be familiar with advanced illness management, or AIM, as it's sometimes called, but today I'd like to introduce you to that term and what it really means in today's value based healthcare world. So, the goal for today's podcast episode is really just to bring some basic understanding and awareness to advanced illness management and also to see how many of the things that we do day-to-day in our clinical practice in long-term care, post-acute care settings really falls under the umbrella of advanced illness management, although it may not be organized as such. As a backdrop to advanced illness management, we need to think about what drives all of healthcare in a value-based world, and that is the triple aim. The triple aim, as we've discussed before, is really three components. These include overall annualized cost of care for patients, clinical outcomes, and patient or family experience. At its core, advanced illness management seeks to address all three of these areas and to influence them in a positive manner to reduce overall cost of care, to improve clinical outcomes, and to enhance patient experience. So let's begin by just talking through the basic construct of advanced illness management. AIM is a robust support for patients with advanced illnesses and functional decline, especially as their goals of care are shifting from curative to palliative. There are really five pillars to a good advanced illness management program. Some of these you'll be familiar with. The first pillar is advanced care planning, or ACP. In general, advanced care planning is still vastly underutilized, especially in populations with advanced illnesses or multiple chronic comorbidities. And really, this represents a gap in the healthcare system that we should try to close. Advanced care planning really allows the patient to speak for themselves, to initiate advanced directives, to set goals of care, and to make their wishes known to healthcare professionals as well as family or caregivers. The second pillar is red flag and symptom management plans. Good relationship with patients and good advanced care planning really leads to an understanding of what the patient's most problematic symptoms are and what red flags might look like for them as it relates to decompensation or falling off track with their goals of care. The third pillar is medication management. Now, in the long-term care post-acute care setting, we have a facility consultant pharmacist, a PharmD, who is mandated by federal regulation to review patient charts to look for inappropriate or unnecessary prescribing, but there is a different component to the medication management that happens within a good advanced illness management program. For instance, one of the things that is really valuable to both healthcare professionals and to patients and their caregivers is to have an understanding of how to properly de-escalate prescribing or to remove medications that may be deemed unnecessary or unwanted And as you know, this has to be done in a very strategic way for safety concerns related to drug elimination or decreases in dosage. So pharmacists who are specially trained in what we would call a curative to palliative consultation of a medication regimen can be very helpful in an AIM program. One of the ways we can help here is to just improve communication with consultant pharmacists in our facilities and to ensure that they understand the patient's goals of care and that there's a good interdisciplinary approach to drug reduction when necessary. The fourth key pillar of a good advanced illness management program are follow-up visits. In other words, thinking through how provider visits are spaced and how frequent they're occurring, but more importantly, having a robust 24-7, 365 clinical support for patients who fall off track with their goals of care or are displaying those red flags. The fifth and final pillar of any good advanced illness management program is patient engagement and self-management support. This will relate more to some patients than others because of cognitive status, but in general what we want is for patients to be actively engaged or activated within their own health care. We want them to understand their diagnoses to the best of their ability and the things that set off those symptoms that they're trying to avoid. We also want them To the best of their ability to be able to self-manage, to be able to understand how to intervene in their own care. So helping them to identify when there are issues that are arising, and then what to do, what steps to take when they have concerns or questions. Well, As you can probably see, advanced illness management really is more of a palliative approach to care, and so I think it's important to really understand what palliative care is. There are actually four palliative phases Phase one is when patients are healthy or have reversible illness. The approach to their care would be characterized best as chronic and curative in nature. And it's at this time when we should be thinking heavily about advanced directive discussions or that ACP visit. Phase two of the palliative progression is the early onset of chronic conditions. And know that whatever the chronic condition, diabetes, CHF, COPD, these are all incurable And we are there to manage symptoms and to slow the progression of disease, which makes care at that point palliative in nature. In phase three of the palliative progression, these chronic conditions begin to exhibit frequent complications as they progress. And at this point, the chronic and curative care that had once been given comprises only a very small proportion of the overall care the patient is receiving. Most of what they are receiving at that point is palliative care. That takes us to phase four of the palliative progression, which is pure palliative care. And this is where we think of hospice most commonly. So why is this discussion on advanced illness management so important? Because most people now die from an advanced chronic illness rather than an infectious disease or a sudden event like a heart attack or fatal injury. More than 70% of Americans would prefer to die at home, but three out of four actually die in a hospital or nursing home. We also have high spending in what's called the 550 cohort. That is, 5% of the U.S. population accounts for nearly 50% of all healthcare expenditures. And a lot of this comes in the last months of life. As a matter of fact, 32% of all Medicare spending comes in the last two years of life, 8% coming in the last month of life alone. So obviously there are cost drivers to implementing a good advanced illness management program, but there are also patient benefits This is a more person-centered approach to care, which creates a customized blend of curative and palliative care approaches. There's also discussion of disease processes and prognosis. There are clearly established goals of care or treatment, as well as a realistic and effective care plan. There are management of symptoms, especially pain and dyspnea. Additionally, we can Help patients avoid unnecessary healthcare utilization like hospitalizations, ED visits, laboratory tests, or other diagnostic tests, medications. And finally, it encourages an earlier use of the hospice benefit when appropriate, and this can be very good for patients and their families. In fact, all of these things are well documented in the literature. There are studies showing decrease in healthcare costs, inpatient hospitalizations, and 30-day rehospitalizations when patients have completed advanced directives and participate in goals of care discussions. So there is enhancement to patient experience. And the one final thing that I'd like to mention from palliative care and advanced illness management research is that patients actually have an increased length of survival. So not only are health care costs reduced, patient satisfaction enhanced, but there are actually better clinical outcomes for patients who are in these palliative care type programs. Now, the encouraging thing for those of us who practice in long-term care, post-acute care settings is that typically we are already involved in many of the activities that fall under advanced illness management. Hopefully, we're involved in advanced care planning discussions with patients and their families. Hopefully, we are a part of that interdisciplinary team that are setting the goals of care and the care plan for the patient, including identifying and managing red flag symptoms as well as working to slow disease progression when possible. We also have very active roles in medication management, in clinical visits, and in helping to empower patients and families through education and teaching them about their disease conditions. The real value for an advanced illness management program at a population level comes when you align these things strategically, when you integrate them, and apply them very objectively on a case-by-case basis. For now, it's good to just have a basic awareness of what advanced illness management is. And many folks define it in different ways or have varying components to their program, but at its core, it's about taking care of patients the right way. In the next episode, we'll look more specifically at the entry point for a patient into an advanced illness management program. I think you'll find it interesting because it'll give you some real practical tools on how to view the population that you serve and when you should really begin to think through these five pillars in the care of your patient. Until then, keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you very soon.